Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? <laughs> I am doing really well. I'm doing really well, my friend. Still, you know, our our beautiful summer weather can't decide if it's going to be unforgivingly hot or if it's going to be rain with the cold front coming through and then staying for a couple of days and then back to blistering hot sun. And yeah. so, therefore, my sinuses are not having fun with this. But it's all good. It's all well. How are things with you? What's new? Well, things are pretty good. Um, also confused with the weather. <laughs> like I, I was checking out the radar last week. I'm like, we must have some kind of tropical disturbance because rarely you see rain moving east to west. It's always west to yep. east. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm seeing a circular motion. So some, some's done, you know, landed that's kind of has a twisting motion to it. So I know we got what that tropical depression, Brett. That's kind of mm-hmm. making its way here. So who knows how the weather's going to be once that once that lands, if it's still as strong. Um, but this week was good. I did some adulting on Saturday. Got my oil changed. Hey, went the car you. wash. Yep, went to the car wash. Was going to use the vacuum there to vacuum my car, but there's too many people. My introvert just kicked in and said, nah, just go home. Use your vacuum at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did that. Yep. I mean, it's different when there's not a lot of people that I start and people park. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. when it's already there, I'm like, nah. Um, so I went home and vacuumed it out. Um, been a minute, so I need to do another round to maybe get a little yeah. brush to get some of the stuck-in stuff. But um, And then um, saw a few movies. Sunday, got some friends together. Um, went to see the blackening my second time, their yeah. first time, and so uh, they enjoyed it. It was a fun time, had a almost a similar crowd where people were talking to the screen, so it helped yeah. the experience and enhanced it. And um, got some kudos for choosing the movie. So, there you go, look at you. Yep, yep. if you like nobody... this, that's where you go. If you like this, boy, do I have something for you to listen to, <laughs> right? And so, um, because <clears throat> you know, somebody had posted in our group chat about the movie but nobody responded which is why i was like well we got an early access so let's go ahead and do that and that's when we yeah. went yeah and so i kept thinking about it nobody has said anything about it so thursday i'm like so did anybody go see this movie i'm like no because <laughs> nobody said anything like we all need to go see it <laughs> that's what yeah. i'm watching and so i'm like i've seen it but if y'all go i'll go back and so right we met up yesterday afternoon and it was um a friend of mine and her daughter a mutual friend, this is just mutual friends, and one of our friends yeah. about her mom. Yeah, yeah. And um, one didn't make it out, but um, it was cool being able to watch. Oh my this god, movie they didn't them. make it out! Oh my god, <laughs> they didn't make it to the event. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, oh my god, how interactive yeah. was this movie this time around? <laughs> yeah, they, did, they, they weren't able to join us. Um, okay, but um, but it was fun. So hopefully, we get to do it again on another on another movie later on. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Cool. Uh, York safely returned back from his international travels. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so age is waiting meat apparently. Canadian <laughs> beef got him going. So, uh, yeah, he's back and he's been kind of trying to rest and recoup uh, some. 
But yep. he's doing some more drawing and just playing. He's Minecrafting a lot lately. So, um, yeah, but he's doing well. Grayson's doing good. She got her round off back handspring on the mat finally. So kudos to that. That's been a long time coming. She's been trying to get that for, uh, for a good minute. So, and then all of a sudden just clicked one day. So, boom. There you go. And mo- uh, you know, repetition. After a while, it just, kick, just kicks in. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, like, she's had it, but she just didn't trust herself that she had it. Mm-hmm. But she would still think that she needed, like, her coach to hold her back while she went over. Yeah. To be sure she went over. But, like, his hand would, like, barely touch her. Like, it was you know, almost like a placebo thing. It's like, here, my hand's really here, but it's not. And you're it's just doing like it on your own. Back, bike riding. You're pushing along. Yeah. And start making your hands back. Yeah, easy enough. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, also speaking of bike riding, she's also finally gotten that to where she's finally getting that down, and she's riding her bike without very, you know, without any assistance. We're not having to hold on to her or anything like that, and she's mm-hmm. finally got it. She just hasn't been on like a long bike ride, but kind of short uh, trips up and down the street. So, but she's getting there. So, yep. you know, again, kudos to that. Now, the only thing left. The only challenge she has left this summer is just she can swim. She just needs to build up her endurance right. so she could swim the length of the pool so that she can pass the swim test at the Y. She can just get that to where she just keep moving, keep going. She'll be fine. But right, right now she's just short distances. And I think part of what is stopping her from doing it, too, is that she has to start in the deep end mm-hmm. and then swim to the shallow end. So I think that's, you know, granted, it's all a mental thing. Because if you right. jump in and just start going, you're not going to think about how deep it is. You're just going to think, I just have to keep going, keep going, keep going. Right. So I think if she can get past a mental block, she would be fine. Because God knows she's got the core strength to do it. We just need her to actually just get that focus. Keep going. Yeah, get the focus yeah. and just keep moving your arms out of the water. Arms out of the water. Yeah. So She'll get it. Yep. And it won't be very long either. I have complete faith. I bet I bet this trip, you know, whenever we go visit my brother and, you know, my nieces and, you know, whenever they're in the pool, I bet she's not, she's going to show out for them because, yeah. you know, is that's generally where, when things happen, when you got to, you know, impress the, impress the cousins. So, yeah. But yeah, I'll, Otherwise, yeah, all is uh, all is well. So, so, yeah, good. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. All right. What? Oh, trailers. Sorry, I'm already trying to. I'm so excited about this week's movies that we didn't have time for last week. That we're continuing basically part two almost of last week. But uh, anyways, real quick, the three trailers uh, we have. Ethan Cohen's uh, latest movie, Drive Away Dolls. Uh, so, synopsis is Jamie regrets her breakup with her girlfriend while Marion needs to relax. In search of a fresh start, they embark on an unexpected road trip to Tallahassee, but things quickly go awry when they cross paths with a group of inept criminals. Starring Pedro Pascal, Margaret Qualley, Annie Gonzalez, Geraldine Viswanathan, Matt Damon, <laughs> uh, Coleman Domingo, 
Beanie Feldstein, uh, Bill Camp, Joey Slotnick, and Abby Hilden. So, uh, no date yet. Just says it's in post production, but the first trailer is out. And then uh, next we have Sofia Coppola's Priscilla, which is her take on the relationship between Priscilla and Elvis Presley. This is based on Priscilla Presley's memoir. Uh, Priscilla Presley is basically all for it. However, the Elvis Presley Foundation family, whatever, the estate, I think, at this point, mm-hmm. is, like, not for it, obviously, because it, God forbid, paints Elvis in a negative light, because, you know. Gotta keep that image. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, that, again, no release date, but I'm sure it will be a uh, a wonderful movie. And then lastly, I'm sure that you've already seen a couple of the memes about this movie. We have Zendaya's uh, latest movie, Challengers, uh, which follows three tennis players who knew each other when they were teenagers as they compete in a tennis tournament to be the world-famous Grand Slam winner and reignite old rivalries on and off the court. Due to come out September 15th of this year, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Never going to get there. Guadagnino. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's the one that directed Call Me By Your Name, the Suspiria remake, Bones and All, all that. So, yes. it's a, uh, so you know it's going to be, uh, what's the word? <laughs> yeah. There you go. But yeah, I, I was and very hot, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching the, well, I saw the memes, and I was like, I guess we could say the movie's Challengers, and then the crowd room is the result of that. Right. <laughs> pretty much. God, wait, have you watched that show yet? I'm, I'm pretty much caught up. It's, it's kind of everywhere a little bit. It is a little bit. So I'm like, see where I'm this is half, going. Yeah, I'm half, I felt, so I had it on last night, and I fell asleep during the last part of. Uh, the last half of the, of the of the current episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I almost forgot. Um, one I'm actually excited for coming up July 28th. We have the Beanie Bubble. Ty Warner and his frustrated toy salesman, or was a fr- frustrated toy salesman, until his collaboration with three women grew his idea into the biggest toy craze in history. This is about the Beanie Baby movie. I think I've, I think I may have seen this trailer. I think I did. So, starring Sarah Snook, Elizabeth Banks, uh, Geraldine Viswanathan, and Zach Galifianakis. So, uh, so some trivia here. It was written by Kristen Gore and Zach Bissonette. It is directed by Kristen Gore and Damian Kulosh. Why is that name uh, familiar? Because Damien Kulash is the lead singer to the lead singer of the band OK Go and his brother to our friend Trish C. So Wow. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> boom. There you go. Make make it work. That's how I did. Um so yeah. And it looks great. It's it looks great. Um again, that's gonna be uh, July twenty eighth on Apple T V plus. So the B um, that is it as far as trailers. 
<clears throat> All right, which movie would you like to start with? Which which of our double features would you like to start? We'll start with uh, Extraction. <clears throat> extraction and Dose. Tyler Rick is back. How? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the power of money brings him back to life. <laughs> or the power of streaming numbers, I guess. I don't know how that works. Um, Apparently that's the both. problem nobody does. Apparently nobody does, and that's part of the problem of why people are on strike. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Extraction 2, rated R, runtime, two hours, two minutes. So probably a little bit shorter than that, because, you know, probably eight minutes of that's like trailers, credits. Yeah. Uh, after barely surviving his grievous wounds from his mission in Dhaka, Bangladesh, Tyler Rake is back, and his team is ready to take on their next mission. There you go. That's my best, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no Dustin Rubin, but here's my try. No. Uh, <laughs> of course, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, reprising his role as Tyra Rake. Uh, Goldsfish? I think. G-O-L-S-H-I-F-T-E-H. Goldsfish? Farahi as Nick Khan. Adam Bessa as Yaz Khan. Tornik Gorguchani. Gorguchiani. There we go. As uh, Zorab Radiani. And others. I'm not going to try and pronounce every single one of those names. These were hard enough. Um, writ, uh, again, written by Joe Russo, based on the graphic novel Kuidad uh, by Andre Parks. Story by Anthony Russo and directed again by the great Sam Hargrave, who directed the first one. And as we talked about in the when we covered the first extraction, he also was the stunt coordinator for like several, if not like four or five Marvel movies. So he brings to this to these two movies a specific set of skills um <laughs> in other words he's batshit crazy <laughs> and does things with a camera that most directors are not going to do um because they're not as crazy as these stunt guys are <laughs> um he literally gets so into the action <laughs> literally it's a part of the action uh i just watched a they did a top he posted on his instagram uh a split shot the top part is the you know the 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 uh, final product, and then mm-hmm. the bottom part is the behind the scenes. Yeah, it shows them basically. It looks like a fishing like a fishing lure with a camera attached to it. <laughs> I mean, it's a pole, but it. I mean, yeah. it's not very it's not very big, and they're just holding on to it. It's about as practical as you can. Yeah, during the uh, car chase scene, and he's like just holding this rod with the camera attached to get as close to the car as possible while he's riding on the back of yeah. the vehicle in front of the car. Like it's, it's, uh, it's wild. I love it. Um, yeah. So basically tower, tower Ray comes back. He gets fished out of the, after it showed the begin. the movie starts with the way the first one ended. If you mm-hmm. haven't watched the first movie, I don't think you would be surprised that he would survive this, I guess is a good way to put it. <clears throat> so, Whatever we talk about in this movie, even if you haven't seen the first one, you can still watch this one and have a 
and have an idea, not be completely yeah. lost. The only thing that would be different, knowing what happened in the first one, is that basically how much time has elapsed between the two movies. That's really all you're getting. Um, other than his team, you know, was also in the first one. That's yeah. seriously it. <laughs> otherwise, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, this works as a great standalone movie. Yeah. So I agree. And, yeah, it's kind of like watching. It's kind of like watching Die Hard two, without having seen the first Die Hard, like I did, <laughs> when my dad stepmom took us to go see it. Uh, having never seen the first one, we went and saw the second one, and I was still able to piece together and enjoy that movie as a standalone movie without having any idea what happened in the first one. Because there's like three, ref- two or three references to which I had no idea what they were talking about, but I still was able to enjoy the movie. Same thing for this one. Yeah. The uh, So basically he gets taken to a hospital, you know, treated and everything, gets his buddies pick him up, take him to this cabin where he's left alone so he can, like, basically rest and rehab and uh, just kind of enjoy... Just what we basically just like retire, like it's yeah, an emergency, right. so can retire if he, if he chooses to. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. Yeah, until Heimdall shows up. <laughs> right. It's like all oh, these variants. Thor, but yeah, about to say Heimdall takes Thor out of <laughs> out of retirement. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, you did something different with your hair. No, <laughs> your beard's the same as mine. But. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about that, you know, he was asking him whether or not he'd be able to do anything yeah. as far as shoot. So he's got a busted left arm, but his right arm is still very good as far as doing the handle the gunplay, which he shows him. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, uh, and we have no idea. He's like the Mr. Basically, Urtris Alba is the Mr. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. If you watch the Fast, the Fast Furious franchise. Uh, he's basically the Mr. Nobody of this extraction-averse extraction-averse anyway. Yeah. The series. He's an and important he, guy. <laughs> yep. He's an important guy with no name that you yeah. don't need to worry about. Just know he has a job and it concerns his ex-wife who uh, basically it's her sister and their two kids that are being they're not being held hostage. It's just how would you know? It's it's, it's it's a weird thing. It's so weird. The the um, husband of his ex wife's sister is basically locked up, and he got some kind of yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he gets this privilege that while he's locked up, he can have his family locked up with him. Yeah, which is I don't know if I'd want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I know we, I'd so like weird. to be with you, but we're like locked that. up in a cage yeah. and we can't really do anything. You did your crime. Leave us out of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. We'll be on the... I promise we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be there waiting on you. <laughs> yep. Well, he's like, I don't believe it. I'm like, no, no, really. No, nah, you're coming with me. <laughs> because I think that's part of his um, his um, his quirk. Like, he's got to keep an eye yeah, on his... Well, he's controlling. It's part yeah, of being controlling. controlling. Yep. And not trusting. You know, True. Not trusting anyone, so... He's, he's not it's, the best husband either. No. Not just because he's got him locked up with him, but he doesn't treat, right. doesn't treat um, the mother of his kids right at all. Right. Nope. And but yet, but yet wants his son to be, you know, part of this 
organization and his yeah. son's not really into it until we realize until they so when they so Tyler Rake, you know, it shows like a whole, you know, bust out of his cast, you know, kind of like the rock. Actually, all he had to do was chop some wood. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then cue the Rocky Four montage. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was reminding me of. I'm like, I feel like I've seen this about 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Because they just told him what he had six weeks. Like the mission starts in six weeks. So you got time to get yeah. yourself together. Yeah. It's like, how, and what? And just think you had six weeks. Like who? Sets that kind of timeline, like right. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're not, we want to get her out, but we're not in a rush to get her out. So yeah, just take your time. We know you just literally woke up, so we'll give you time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was funny. I was like, all right, yep. this is not that early. <laughs> yep. I was like, Oof. also, I'm glad you couldn't find anybody else. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> no, we're just going to use this because you know, family's family. Yeah, you're the guy. <laughs> you're not. Gonna, we know you're not going to turn your back on your ex ex family. Yeah, not again. Your Texas family? Yeah, yeah, again. not again. Right. <laughs> mm. Oh goodness. But yeah, and it, it is interesting because you do find out a little backstory um, about Tyler and why him and his wife are not together. Mm-hmm. And you know, and as soon as the actual extraction starts, it is on. I mean, it. it so it took them. So for this extraction sequence. Which it it is a uh, twenty one minute single take action sequence that took single take single take action sequence that took four to five months to rehearse and twenty nine days to shoot it. Wow! I thought there was like because I just thought there was just really seamless editing. I noticed one. There has they, op- they opened the door and the camera got real close to it and then. So I was like, I know that's at least one edit. That's just one. That's one I caught. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, I, 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 I that we, yeah. I want to roll with you on it. <laughs> if you're telling yeah. me that it's one take, I'll go with it. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. here for it. Quote unquote uh, one take. Exactly. Looks like clever, cleverly hid the transition. Yeah. But golly, four to five months to rehearse, 29 takes, or 29 days. Oof. Um, so interesting thing too, because they're breaking out of a prison. You know, they're extracting, yeah. they're extracting the mother and the two kids out of the prison, which happens to ironically be the exact same prison, uh, or at least same prison location that was shot in the opening sequence of Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, where Tom Cruise at the beginning uh, goes to pull uh, Yuri out of prison, mm-hmm. and you know, Simon Simon Pegg's using the thing to open the doors and play the yeah, play the music, Tony Bennett. I think. Um, yeah, it's a uh, pretty. I was like, I thought that kind of. That's like, well, I don't want to say like all prisons look the same, but you know, add <laughs> some familiarity to it. Yes, it did. And I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And there's a big riot in the prison. That would, I mean, that would be a perfect. Like, that's gonna be perfect for us. Yeah, no. Um, but that is pretty cool. So this is one huge long action sequence, which is, and we're not talking like Jason Bourne quick cut, you know, fighting thing where you can't see what's going on. Just like in the first one, all the action it has you right in it. Yep, like hammers a character watching it all. Yep, pretty much. You're you're in this fight. It's close combat stuff. So you're so it's showing you, hey, the actors are actually doing these. Doing the fighting, not mm-hmm. stunt people. Yeah. 
So, and there's a lot of that throughout this movie. And uh, even at one point, uh, the actress that plays Nick, uh, who's an Iranian-born actor who played, uh, who said that in an interview that it had the least visual effects uh, and they did almost all the scenes without stuntmen. She said Team Ka actually parked a rat helicopter on the train during this action sequence there. <laughs> like they, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, so it's it's crazy how much of this... Like, I can't even imagine what the insurance was on this for the actors to do all these. It's just yeah. stupid. They were nervous the whole time. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? They'll be like, yeah, he did fine in the first one. What's the worst I can <laughs> Right. Just trust so, Right. Just trust the process. Uh, but no, it was great. And it's these crazy fight scenes, just one-on-one. And then the scene where they wind up in the prison yard and there's a riot and there's like fire and everything. Yeah. I, I was telling York, it immediately reminded me there's a scene in Gotham Knights, the video game where your character, um, Harley Quinn releases this balloon that has like nauseous gas, whatever. And then, yeah. um, somehow hacks the doors and there's a riot out in the prison yard. Yeah. And you're having to get this stupid balloon thing and knock it out before it shoots out the Joker gas and all that stuff. Anyways, uh, you're fighting all these I mean you're having to fight all of these characters by yourself and there's fire and stuff being thrown at you and that's exactly what this scene reminded me of yeah. I was like oh my god it's Gotham Knights come to <laughs> except in an IRL form or you know live action, live action form there they, we go they can do it <laughs> yeah. they can do it if they want it yeah exactly and you know you have actors with their arms are actually on fire which mm-hmm. again saw another behind the scenes thing where Chris Hemsworth's arm was actually, obviously they have the fire retardant stuff, you know, but he's actually punching people and stuff like that with his arm on fire. So it wasn't vision. That wasn't special effects that they added in later. That's all practical. Yeah. Flaming punches. Yeah. Bam. (laughs) God of fire. (laughs) Right. Thunder and fire. Uh, Thunder punch. Fire. Thunder punch. Something like that. Yeah. But no, it's just, it, this entire movie is just nothing. I mean, it is. I, I sent you a text going, dude, I'm leaned over. Like I said, I had to set my, I had leftover popcorn from when we went and saw Flash. Mm-hmm. So I just, I was eating it, had my glass of wine because I was downstairs by myself and watching this movie. And I had set both of those down during this scene, sequence. And then I leaned forward in my recliner for this entire sequence. And then when it finally ends, I was exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, we still got a whole, we still have a whole ass movie for <laughs> to watch. Right. I was like, oh my god. And I finally leaned back and I'm like, man, I'm beat. And I didn't even do anything. Yeah, I was eating a taco salad. Yeah. And so once the sequence started, I'm sitting there watching, eating, and well, I'm like, yeah. I paused it so I can yeah. eat, <laughs> so I can just go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah. And I was <clears throat> watching on my laptop, so I have um like the little patient trays. I have my yeah. laptop set up like yeah, yeah. that. Put my headphones on, turn the lights off, and then just <clears throat> got close. Just focus for those 21 focus. minutes. And I was just like, yeah. man. I even rewound a few times just to... Yeah. And I was like, man, that was... I don't know why this wasn't a big... This could have been in this, theaters. That's what I keep telling people. I go, I said, of all the movies I've seen in theaters, that I'm like, you know what? This would have been fine on streaming. Mm-hmm. This is one where I'm... One of the few ones that I've watched 
streaming and said this should have been in theater. Both this, of these, I would love to. Both of them, I would love to watch a double feature IMAX of this. Yeah, shoot, 40x too. Shit, no, right. I ain't got my, my body can't take that. Nope. <laughs> well, that's when we're straight into action. That would be a yeah. Much. Yeah. <clears throat> IMAX. We'll we'll just go IMAX. IMAX. On this. <laughs> yeah. I I retract my <laughs> statement. There you go. We're we're not. You and I aren't young enough to do twenty minute twenty one minutes of action in forty X like that. No. Need some kind of break. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, it's just and then you know once the extraction is done and they and they move on, mm-hmm. you know you get a little bit of a reprieve. But honestly, it's not it's not for very long. No. But then boom, you're right, you're right okay. back in it. There are scenes on a. On a high rise, on glass, mm-hmm. like way up high, and <laughs> I'm just like, nope. There is one thing: when they get to the train, the yeah. helicopter shooting, yeah. why did Tyler hop behind that ladder? Yep, I've seen that <laughs> meme too. I'm like, it's like Chris was watching hid behind a ladder. When I was watching, I was like, no, I no way that there's no way that would work. Yeah, <laughs> unless they just got stormtrooper aim in that moment. Right, exactly. But. Yep. You know, just that moment that I was back into it. Yeah. Uh, can't see me. <laughs> right. Like, I know a couple of coworkers that are being, you know, like being pulled like that, but Chris Hemsworth ain't hiding behind anything. Mm-mm. No. Uh, but it's, that was pretty funny. I'll, 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 yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was, yeah. But yeah, the, it's just nonstop. It's just, it's, this movie is everything you want. You know, how it does answer how do we go bigger? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do we go bigger after this and from the first one? But yeah. It and it answers it. It's just it's it's amazing. And it leaves amazing. it open if they decide to do a third one. Yeah. But I and I said there's no I said there's no way there's no way that this yeah. doesn't ha- get a third one made. And it's just Hopefully the third one will come to theaters at this point. So sure. over enough buzz and they'll put this one in theaters. Just right. even if it's like yeah. a couple of weeks. So I just read that there is they initially after the success of Glass Onion, uh, of Knives Out Glass Onion, that mm-hmm. they were gonna put it in theaters. And then apparently those plans were scrapped. So it was there for I, at least it was there for at least a week when yeah, it first came out. But it, but it should have. Yeah, but it still was still successful and everything, yeah. and everybody's watching the hell of it. But um, yeah, it's, I think they did the theater run just so it could get nominated. That's probably the only reason why they did that. Oh, I guarantee that's yeah. what that was. But anyways, it's a <clears throat> it was still this movie's just nonstop action and intense. It is, I mean, this is what action movies should look like. Yeah, on the regular now. I say that, then we got Mission Impossible here in about three weeks, so we'll be, which I will be seeing in IMAX. Yep. So, uh, very excited for that. But yeah, this is just more amazing, beautifully shot, and of course, you know, the action's just nonstop, heart pounding. It's what you want. It's a great summer movie. Um, yep. best, it was a great time to get to release it, and I mean, just great hand to hand as well as you know your gunplay and all that but the hand-to-hand also was very well choreographed obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and shot really well i mean i can't 
I can't praise this movie enough. So, Extraction 2. I'm just waiting for the Extraction, for the Tyler Rake, uh, John Wick uh, crossover that I think only I've been asking for. But, you know, team up, obviously, they can, we wouldn't want them to face against each other. No. no. Maybe like a little confusion at first. No, yeah, I'm saying too. Like, oh, oh okay. my bad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth, come pet my dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's like I'm cool. I have a dog and I take care of it. Right. All right. All right. Oh my goodness. All right. Now moving on to. Do you have? Oh, sorry. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? For? Um. No. Just. I just wanted to point out that whole hiding behind the ladder thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I was. The action was great. I did hear some things about you know people say something about like the writing maybe wasn't as strong, but it's an action movie. You don't. It's not really for that. It's just yeah, the action the story makes sense. Yeah, and for this world, it makes sense that he survived the events of the last one and continues in this. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it. They're tripped up by the story. I was tripped up by he was. He was in that cabin for how long? Never needed a haircut. Like his haircut was the same. Right. <laughs> like I got one two weeks ago and now I'm already like, wow, my sides could probably maybe use a trim. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, eh, it's the movies. He's, he's got the good genetics with control his hair growth. Right. Yeah. True story. Uh, Aussies. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our second of our double feature, also starting with the letter E. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter E. <laughs> and the number 203. Um, <laughs> episode number. Uh, so we both watched Disney's Disney Pixar's Elemental, which also came out June 16th. This follows Ember and Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air was, uh, residents live together in well, we won't say harmony, but, you know, live together. Yeah. Uh, uh, written by John Hoberg and Kat Wickle. Wickle? L-I-K-K-E-L? Wickle? Yeah. Uh, as well as Brenda Renesu and story by Peter Sohn, also directed by Peter Sohn, with the voice talents of Leah Lewis as Ember, Mamadou Ethi from uh, Article... 81, uh, as Wade Ripple, Ronnie Del Cameron as Bernie, uh, I think it's Sheila, but, or Shyla, Ami as Cinder, Wendy McClendon Covey as Gail, <coughs> Catherine O'Hara as Brooke, Mason Wertemeyer as Claude. So, uh, basically, Ember's parents immigrate from this island of you know, where fire was the main element. Mm-hmm. They uh, move away because they, you know, the islands kind of, they need to move, they're wanting to move for bigger and better things. So, you know, have their own journey, their own life. So they move to, I already forgot the name of the city. <laughs> did they even tell the city? I can't remember. It's terrible. If they did, I do not remember. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say they moved to the city. Uh, Elemental city, we'll just say <laughs> <laughs> but it uh but yeah they they immigrate and then 
not speaking the language, you know, because the fire had its own language, not being able to speak the language, they're having a hard time uh, finding a place to live because obviously fire can't live with water and I was you know close. live with earth. It's Element City. I was I was on I was on point. Dang, I was on point. so close. <laughs> Proud of you. Good job on that. Uh, it was a little bit on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a little tad. Anyway, so, you know, fire can't live in the same buildings as water because, obviously, they don't mix. Same yeah. thing, fire and earth can't really. So, finally, they just find this run-down place where they, you know, fix it up, repair you know, fix it up and do the best they can, and then open a store, which mm-hmm. helps bring in other, uh, other people, other fire families to the area and shop at the general store because they make basically like homemade stuff from the motherland, I guess you could say, or the fireland. I don't know. Um, from there. So it's, they're getting authentic food and everything. And it's ends up building a whole community around there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it starts out. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, this is not what the kind of story I was thinking of, of, you know, of a family immigrating and having to, you know, try and learn, you know, learn the language, learn the customs, but also still, have a business and keep up the customs of what they're used to, you know, of what they've known, you know, not lose their heritage, I guess you could say. Right. Um, so Amber grows up wanting to, you know, obviously take over the store whenever her dad retired, you know, because that's all she's known is growing up and doing deliveries with her dad and uh, work in man in the store. But she has, you know, to use, well, we'll go, I'm going to go ahead and she has a fiery temper. I mean, it's just what it is. There's no other thing, no other way to describe yeah. it. Nope, nope, can't do it. Mind you, I am using my "ask me about my dad" jokes coffee mug today, so <laughs> it's just uh, it's it's going to happen. Par for the course. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, her father wants to turn the store over to her, but because of her fiery temper, he he doesn't think she's ready because she. Yeah can't control that and she has to be patient and understand how to basically talk to the customers and you know that way they can still have a business and have repeat customers coming in that she may have to give in a few times just because that's unfortunately customer service yeah <laughs> well one day she uh she goes down to the basement because she's about to lose her temper and she ends up exploding which then causes one of the pipes to burst Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of water comes in. And she has to avoid it, obviously, because it's water will put out the fire. And then that's when she meets Wade, who's a city inspector who got sucked into it uh, while he was inspecting an area where uh, some water had been seeping in. So then he notices all these pipes and like whether or not they had permits when they built the house, you know, built the building from scratch and everything. And she's like answering all these things truthfully, but. He ends up writing her like a bunch of citations, yeah. and they're going to end up possibly closing down the the store because of all these you know, because of all these citations and everything. And so now she has to try and get the citations fixed so that the store doesn't close down, and she can't tell her dad, obviously, right? So because uh, he has enough to worry about, and her dad's also not feeling good. You know, he's coughing a lot. He's you know, a lot of smoke. But they, he, uh, so it's, she's having to f- try and get this fixed. And so she's following Wade to try and 
talk him out of getting these citations sent off. Mm-hmm. But Wade's also like, I have to. This is my job, and it's what I'm supposed to do. Blah blah blah. Very by the book. Yes, very. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> <laughs> so of course the citation gets sent off. So he's like, well, you can talk to like so and they've been said so and so. You can go talk to him, and of course it's this. It's it's this Earth person. I forgot his name, uh, Gary or something like that. Anyways, he's big plant basically in this room, just growing and you know, just kind of sitting there. Uses his uses the stump of his nose to stamp the <laughs> stamp the uh, paperwork. And then uh, you know, so she then has to take it up with the supervisor Gale, which is you know a cloud. So Gale Force wins. Yeah. All the puns are there for names, people. Plenty to choose from. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, her name's Ember. His name is Wade Ripple. I mean, it's gonna. It's all there. It's gonna happen. It's all yeah. gonna be there. The Marco Polo joke in the trailer. It's gonna happen. Just wait for it. <laughs> True. So while they're together now, trying to work to try and get this fixed, uh, they kind of start to get to know each other and. Kind of each kind of start understanding their differences, and especially because Ember hasn't really left her community. She's just kind of stayed in that area of town and not really gone out. Her dad is very, is he elementalist? Because he's not, he's not racist, but he's elementalist because he doesn't like water. And he refuses his daughter to, you know, basically have any kind of contact, you know, any kind of personal contact with water. Yeah, for obvious reasons, and then yeah, literal reasons. <laughs> yeah, so because the water people were, you know, treated them poorly when they first came over. So yeah, uh, they've not had positive experiences, or her dad hasn't had positive experiences. So he's elementalist. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, it's. So she's grown up with those types of, you know, she was raised that way. So it's her trying to get, you know, getting to know someone that's different from her and realizing that there's more out there. And she likes to create, like, basically, like, these glass sculptures and everything. Mm-hmm. And realize that she's an artist and wants, really wants to explore that more. But her, she's like, well, but my dad's counting on me to take over the store and I have to take over the store for him, you know, and this, what he's, you know, this is what he's done since he's been here. And I can't let that die out more or less. I have to keep, I have to take over. So it's that battle, you know, having to make sacrifices, sacrifice the thing you want to do versus the thing that probably, you know, it's being expected, expected, I guess. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, I thought I mean I was entertained by it for the most part, and then <clears throat> the whole thing with her temper being kind of her crutch in a way that's preventing her yeah. from doing what her dad wants. Um, but you know, then the, um, there's a little kid that's like a little tree that has a crush on her. He always gives her a little flower out of his armpit, <laughs> and every time she takes it, she yeah. burns it. Um, but it was entertaining. It was basically taking what we deal with in society, but put elements to it instead of yeah. race and ethnicity. Right. So, so you have your fire, cloud, earth, and all that together. But um, I thought it was a well-done 
it was well done. I mean, it's it's geared towards kids, family. Um, got a little heart heart to it, you know. I felt yeah. a little kind of got my feels a little bit toward the end. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see them interact and see that you know, and learning that it's not bad to get away from your normal day to day activity to learn something new. And then you got a talent that you should actually, you know, nurture and, you know, see where it can take you. Um, I'm not sure if how much, I'm not sure how much weight changed. He pretty much stayed the same throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, very mild. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But a mild way. I yeah. mean, this is more Ember's journey than it is yeah. Wade's. I guess he's just kind of there to, as a guide in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, overall, I enjoyed it. Disney Pixar. Yeah. So, um, so the beginning, the film is based on the director of Peter Stone's life with his parents immigrating to the U S from Korea, uh, not speaking a word of English and setting, uh, settling in the Bronx. Stone's family also, uh, opened up a grocery store named Stone's fruits and vegetables, similar to Ember's family in the film. Um, so a lot of inspiration was taken from there. Which is why you can see there's a lot of heart in this movie because yeah. it's very it's a very personal film to him. So mm-hmm. on a technical aspect, uh, Pixar had to upgrade and buy more computers for this movie. It also took seven years to make, so you figured they were still making this during COVID and everything. So there there's over 151,000 cores in use for this film, and three large rooms on the Pixar campus. For perspective, though. Toy Story from 1995 had 294 cores. Monsters, Inc. in 2001, 672 cores. And Finding Nemo had 923. So that's a massive amount of computing power for this film. <clears throat> Grace and I saw this in the 3D 40X mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we, uh, York and I get to go see 40X movies quite a bit. I mean, comparatively between Grayson and I, because there are more movies that are suited for York and I than there are for Grayson. The last one Grayson and I went to was Wild Wild Crocodile. And I'm here to tell you, I look forward to the ones I could take Grayson to because they're so chill. (laughs) It's literally like the beginner's guide to 40X. If you want to like just ease into 40X, this is it. The most intense that it is is during that beginning 40x this is what 40x is like commercial thing yeah or kind of does the demonstration that's the most intense for this entire movie now i will tell you the uh the little mist that shoots out mm-hmm. that got <laughs> that got worn out during this movie <laughs> yeah all the water that's in it and you know the little raindrops that come from the you know the sprinkler thing at the top mm-hmm. that that probably about a dozen times, but I mean, just a few drops here and there. It's not like it's a, a ton. Um, it hit me more than it hit Grayson. I can only imagine. Like leaning forward, and then something happened and missed shot straight out right into my face. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, that's on me. <laughs> so that's that's oh, that sucks. But that's that's totally my fault. Yeah. I forgot what movie I was in or what theater I was in. Uh, it was funny. And then uh, I was like, oh, I got, I looked at Grace. I got, I got, I said, this got all over my face. She goes, it got me right in the eye. <laughs> I was like, oh. Dang. Uh, 
it was beautiful in 3D. 4DX was great because it's just like just real, like I said, very chill kind of movements, kind of slows rocks side to side and back and forth. Um, Fog Machine got used, you know, especially during the air basketball game and everything. Uh, yeah. But mostly it was just water and I think it's strobling a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Got popped in the shoulder, I think, only a couple of times. And uh, but overall, it was very entertaining. Um, it definitely added an element to the movie. Hey, yo, told you what <laughs> time I had, told you what's gonna happen. So, <laughs> but or I should say, extra element. Grace said she, she said, I don't want to wear the glasses. And I took my glasses off. I'm like, you could actually probably still watch this without the glasses on and not have it be that bigger problem. She's like, I just want it in 3DX, not 4DX, because I don't like wearing the glasses. I'm like, that's that's not part of it, Grace. I'm like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. You just don't want the 3D part, and you just want the 4DX. Gotcha. Uh, but no, it was great. It was a great experience. You know, we got to go. We went to like an 11 o'clock show. So it wasn't like an, uh, an evening show where she's asking, you know, how much how much is left and when's it going to be over. Yeah. yeah. Hers is just, I don't want to wear the glasses anymore, which I didn't think she'd. I thought I thought if there was going to be any complaint, that's what it was going to be because she wasn't going to wear them the entire movie, which I don't blame her. But at least it's the real 3D because the other 3D I don't like either. So real 3D or nothing. Yeah. But no, I I, I also really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I watched I watched, I watched it standard. Yeah, I watched the standard. Um, so I wanted to watch get up as early as possible to watch it. But I didn't wake up quite early enough to watch the 4DX 3D. So I just ended up watching the standard, and um, and it still looked good, <clears throat> even without the 3D. But I know it looked great to watch in 3D, because um, they had a lot of cool water effects that was going on and lighting yeah. effects. But um, and so I was reading that said that this is Pixar's first original film to release directly to theaters in three years since COVID. Everything wow. else has been on streaming. That's right. Um, yep. So Luca and Turning Red. Yep. So. Yeah, but I think Turning Red's my favorite out of the three of those. Although Soul's really good too. I still need to watch Turning Red. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. It's good. I enjoyed it. Grayson loves it. I mean, Soul was good. It was just I think a little bit deeper than for a little, you know, a little bit more deep for a kids movie. Yeah. And Luke, Luke, it was just okay. And Grayson went through her Luca phase where that's I mean, because that's what was new. But overall, I'm just thought it was it was okay. Yeah. All right, my friend, you are up. All right. <clears throat> so I checked out Asteroid City, and I realized it's the first time I've watched a Wes Anderson movie. So this was my first experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it released June 23rd, runtime of an hour and 44 minutes, of course, directed by Wes Anderson. And it has a long list of <laughs> the who, actors. The who's who. The who's yeah. who. Yeah, and um, yeah, got uh, Jason Schwartzman as Augie Steenbeck, uh, Scarlett Johansson as Mitch Campbell, Tom Hanks plays um, Augie's, I guess, say father-in-law, okay. Stanley, Jeffrey Wright as General Gibson, Tilda Swinton as Doctor Hickenlooper, who's the scientist for the location they're heading to, uh, Brian Cranston was the host of an anthology television show, Edward Norton. Uh, Adrian Brody, Liv Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park. <laughs> just, just, just pretty much name. Yeah, 
Yeah. Dylan, haven't seen anything in a while. Right. <laughs> it's like when you just throw a rock at an A list and, and an A or B list actor and <laughs> they're in this movie. Right. Chances are they're here. Yep. Um, so this is following a writer on his world famous fictional play about a grieving father who travels with his tech obsessed family to small rural asteroid city to compete in a stargazing event only to have his worldview disrupted forever. So it starts off with um, Brian Cranston's character. He's the host of this show where they're kind of taking a behind-the-scenes look of this play written mm-hmm. by Edward Norton's Conrad Earp. And this play is titled Astro City. Astro City is a fictional location. And at the beginning of the movie, Edward Norton's Conrad pretty much gives you the setting, this desert with one long road in between a tour-person diner one pump gas station and then a hotel like for 10, 10 guests. And, um, and we see Augie and his family being pulled in by a tow truck because they had car trouble. And so that's played the, the mechanics played by Matt Dillon. So it basically tells them that it's one of two situations we may have here. It could be a simple thing with a 75 cent, um, piece that we put on and you'd be good to go. Or we had to strip your car down and put it back together. And so, he puts a little piece on, starts it up, everything's good. It's like you don't know anything, just pay for the tow. But then the car pretty much blows up and a piece of the car falls out smoking and sparking. <laughs> oh my gosh. So and he tells him, well, looks like we've got a third problem that we've never experienced. <laughs> but luckily for them, they happen to be in the right place because they're they're in Asteroid City where they have this um, meteorite convention. And there's also a competition amongst child geniuses where they bring their inventions for a prize of $5,000. Okay. Yeah. And so, since they have a car trouble, Augie gets on the phone and calls his father-in-law, which is um, Stanley, tells him that he's going to come pick up his kids while he can stay there with his son, Woodrow, for this competition. And Stanley asks Augie whether or not he told the kids about his about their mother. So, her mother apparently has been sick for a long time, and Three weeks prior to this trip, she had passed away, but Augie couldn't find the right moment or right way to tell mm-hmm. him. So after the conversation with his father-in-law, he finally sits him down and tells him what's going on. And um, they take it relatively well. The girl, he's got three daughters that are pretty weird. One thinks she's a witch. One one thinks she's a vampire. And the third one thinks she's a fairy. <laughs> so okay. normal kid stuff in a way. Yep. And so they ask, you know, when his mom coming back and he explains that, you know, she's not. <laughs> and gives him a little story about his experience when his father passed and how his mother tried to help him through it. Um, and then son Woodrow, who's the oldest, pretty much says he kind of had an idea because mom hadn't been around, so he kind of figured it out. Um, so they're all staying in this hotel. Augie and his kid's room happens to be a- across from this actress played by um, Scott Johansson, Mitch Campbell. Mm-hmm. And they kind of kind of hit it off in a way. Um, father-in-law does arrive, talks to the kids who they don't know him, because that's been a while since they've seen him. Uh, he, he realizes that Augie finally told him what happened. And then you have the assortment of genius kids where one kid has created a pretty much like a laser, mm-hmm. which they show in the trailer. One has created some kind of device that allows flight. One has created a device to help 
grow vegetables and you know plant life in a fast way, but it makes it toxic, so you can't right. really benefit from it. And then Woodrow has created a device that we could put like a holographic image on the moon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's one more, but it's kind of escaping me right now. But so they're all supposed to get together for this kind of like lunar eclipse type deal mm-hmm. inside the crater, which is headed by Dr. Hickenlooper, played by Tilda Swinton. And they have these makeshift boxes that they put over the heads of, you look at it directly, like not only will you get the full view, but then you'll have the, the lights, the little three dots and print on your eyes. And she explains oh. she still has them there from when she was in 11, in, from, at 11. <laughs> so, um, but while they're doing this, they notice like a fourth green dot pop up while they have these boxes on their head. Woodrow pulls his box off and sees a space alien spaceship hovering above them. And then alien just casually comes down. So they have this meteorite that, that landed that they have underneath this little cage. So the alien comes down, grabs it and swoops up and leaves. <laughs> Leaving everybody kind of like, okay, what's up with that? <laughs> right. Type deal. Um, but to go back, when Conor um, <clears throat> was going over his play, you know, all movies and stories are broken up into three acts. So he tells you, first act is everybody meeting up, it's competition, second act is the next day, third act is a week later. Mm-hmm. So first act all takes place in the first day. After this alien encounter, it's kind of like the aftermath. Now the president has ordered no one to leave Asteroid City because you had this alien encounter. We can't let anybody out, can't let people outside of here find out about it but um of course information gets out because you know the kids they're smart they um kind of wiretap the payphone and trick one of the officers to put a, a dime in the pay in the, in the phone booth so they can make a call yeah they basically hack the phone line um and now everybody knows about it and so but there, there doesn't seem to be any apparent danger to anybody and then in between what we see in Asteroid City. We're also getting some more behind-the-scenes look at the play. So basically, you have the actors of this movie playing the actors that are playing these characters in this play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought that was different. Again, like I said, this might be normal yeah. for Wes Anderson movies. So, yeah. but, um, but I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. It, it was a little slower than what I'm used to, but uh, I was, it was it's still... Enjoyable, watchable, humorous, seeing everybody interact with each other. Then you have the kids. Of course, they're smart. They're playing this game where they're given names. And yeah. each person going around adds a name to the first name. And they got to repeat it. And they even have a moment where they feel like this game is kind of not good for them to play because they're smart. This is going to keep going. Right. Everybody's going to mess up. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, the whole interaction with the alien when he comes down. Uh, Augie gets a picture of him. Alien even poses with the... Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's funny. Um, but yeah, it, it's different. It's I, like it. I watched yeah. it twice. Because the first yeah. time I was like, I would, I, like I'm not sure. So um, I still enjoy it both times, but I have a better feel for it. So I may go back and start, start watching his older movies just to get a better yeah. better scope. But um, I think this may be more you than me. Yeah. I still liked it. I still liked it. So my favorite still is the Royal is uh, the Royal Tandem Bombs. Even mm-hmm. my mom liked that one. And these aren't really like 
she doesn't mind quirky, but these really aren't, I would say, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but she loves that one. And I think the only one I still have a hard time kind of getting through is Rushmore, which is which I should love because it's Jason Schwartzman right in this private school where he's like reenacting different movies, hmm. you know, on the for the theater department. Yeah, uh, I think they did one like it was like Apocalypse Now or something like that. But he falls in love with one of his teachers, which Bill Murray is also trying to date. Bill Murray is in almost all of them, I think, if not all of them. Uh, but yeah, he's this is the first one with Tom Hanks in it, though. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I love Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson movies because they are quirky, but they they have a very distinct style. Yeah. And and I don't want to say cadence, but you know when you go to what like you could without even knowing that uh, like they, without even knowing like you could walk into a movie not know who the director is, put a Wes Anderson movie on, and within the first five minutes know it's a Wes Anderson movie. You know, what's funny is I've never watched his movies, but just through the trailer, I'm showing yeah. everybody that's in it. I'm like, yeah. that's a lot of people. It seems like just the name just popped in my head. And then they said yeah. directed by, I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. So even not, not even having watched a movie, I, I kind of figured out this was a Wes Anderson movie from the right. trailer. Yeah. It's, so. it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like uh, Robert Altman uh, when you know, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, well, even late seventies, or you know, all the way up through the nineties, um, mm-hmm. he was making movies. He's the director that would have like a ton of stars yeah. in his movies because everybody wanted to be in it. So it would be, you know, kind of like I said, you know, you throw a pebble at an A or B list actor, and it's they're in this movie. Yeah. So, you know, because everybody wanted to be in it, or like a Woody Allen movie, but you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely got a great cast. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even um, Jeffrey I'm Wright hoping. has like a monologue scene. He's giving a speech. Yeah. Funny, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I'll get to go see it this week. York didn't want York didn't have an interest, which I figured wouldn't. There's no way Grayson's going to want to watch this. So I mean, she might. Uh, she might like the girls. <laughs> she might, but that might be one. Like if I had to watch it. You know, at the house that she'd want to. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see. All right, real quick. Uh, I finally got around to watching uh, this movie called The Mixtape, which is on Netflix. And I'm kind of mad that I waited so long to watch it. It came mm-hmm. out December 2021, so it's like even already two years old, or at least a year and a half old. And I'm kind of mad that I waited this long to watch it because this is a great family movie. This is a great movie. It's York may not like it as much as I really think Grayson and um, so yeah uh, as I think Grayson and you know my wife will. So this is set in 1999. So right then and there, you all us Gen Xers have this you know this wave of nostalgia. Just 1999. Okay, I know these movies came out. This music came out. I know what I was doing during this time. Yeah. So for us adults that are that have kids watching that they're going to like it because this is about uh, a young girl who accidentally destroys a mixtape that belonged to her mother. She sets out to track down each of the obscure songs on the cassette. Mm-hmm. So both of her parents, her parents had her when 
they were in when they were in their teens. And just like her grandmother had her mom when she was in her teens. So it's, you see a whole pattern there. So the, so the parents died in a car accident. So the grandmother's raising her, played by Julie Bowen from Modern Family. Uh, she plays Gail. She's a mail, a, a mail carrier. And spoke, this takes place in Spokane, Washington. Her mom was one of, if you remember, those of us that remember the whole Y2K scare of 1999, yeah. mom's one of those people that are like, oh my God, at the end of the year, it's the end of the world type of thing. She was one of those that were super paranoid and terrified. Plus, she's doing everything to try and protect her granddaughter because being kind of slightly overbearing because she just doesn't want anything to happen to her like what happened to her daughter. So, and yeah, so she obviously has trauma from from that. Like, sorry, Gail has trauma from her daughter passing in the car accident because obviously she couldn't protect her. She was young and all this stuff. She had all this freedom and had this, you know, kind of easy, go, you know, taking it easy kind of lifestyle. I mean, she was a teenager, so yeah. <laughs> um, and so she thinks that's what that's what caused, you know, the car accident, which, whatever. but that's trauma she hadn't dealt with, which is now progressed. And so her daughter, her granddaughter's now, uh, excuse me, uh, Beverly, played by Gemma Brooke Allen, is kind of growing up in that kind of life. You know, she, she doesn't really have a whole lot of friends. She kind of just stays to herself, but she, her grades are like on top of it, you know, excellent grades and everything. And, you know, her mom is, like I said, a little, her grandmother, I guess, is a little overbearing. Um, but she finds, on an accident, this mixtape, when she checks it in and knocks something over, finds this mixtape that her mom had made. Mm-hmm. So she puts it in the, in the Walkman, and then, of course, cause, you know, as cassettes do, tape gets eaten. To me, it looked like that it just came unspooled. I'm like, all right, go grab you a pencil and, you know. We'll grab you a pencil, wind it up, boom, get his name. But I guess, I guess what I didn't see, or maybe it just didn't show that the tape, I guess it split. Mm. So it was destroyed. But she still had the case with the insert that had the list of all the track names and who it was by. Right. So she is clinging on to anything that, you know, from her mom, because she was two when her parents died in a car accident so she really doesn't have much to go off of and so she takes it upon herself to find these tracks to find these songs now this is you know very early internet infancy their napster is a thing but mm-hmm. she does not have a computer okay so uh she goes to the local record store uh where she meets anti the name is character is going by uh, who owns the record store anti-matters records <laughs> but he's also a great actor he's in this movie that I wrote, this independent film from some years back still available on netflix called mr Roos- it's roosevelt r-o-o-s yeah anyways it's a great small independent film he's great in it i love it um i haven't watched it in a while i actually had to look up because i couldn't remember the name of it mm-hmm. but he was really good in that as well and pretty much anything he's put in, he's I've just really enjoyed. Plus, his stand-up's really good too. So, whole package type of thing. Yeah. Really, uh, 
I, I recommend both those things, his, his stand-ups and this movie, uh, Mr. Roosevelt. Uh, again, small little independent film from a few years back. Um, anyway, so it, she has Anti to help her basically find it. It's like, well, I have records. I don't have songs. <laughs> it's like I sell whole albums. I don't sell just one track, you know? Right. Um, so he kind of gives in. And then he's like, also, I don't have cassettes. You know, we have CDs and records. You know, it's kind of the thing we have. Don't really have, and it's going to be harder to find these on cassette. But he's able to find at least the first track and put it on there. And he charged her like uh, $5, whatever change, you know, whatever she had. Yeah. And, you know, for the receipt, put down F capacitor for like flex capacitor so she can go back in time to try <laughs> and find cassettes and everything. Yeah. He's very snarky. He knows you're. He's your typical snarky, snobby record store owner. And, uh, of course, she keeps coming back. And he's, like, trying to get her to leave because he just... Anyways, they build a friendship. Through finding, through listening to these songs, she starts kind of discovering who her parents were. And in doing so, starts kind of coming out of her shell. She makes friends with the new kid across the street. So... Uh, Ellen, played by Audrey, uh, I think it's the C, H S I E H, the Psy, maybe, or Psy. There we go. Um, and they start becoming, and so a friend starts helping her on this. And then again, they meet another friend uh, who's kind of, whose brother has a band. She's kind of grungy, you know, because the whole kind of grunges kind of started to become a thing and everything. Of course, in Washington, so. Nirvana's yeah. big. So she kind of helps the three of them start putting, trying to search and find these songs. And it's just, you know, about friendship, about trying to find your, trying to connect with the family that you did, you know, that you were too young to get to know. And, you know, uh, a grandmother that's trying to figure out how to take care of this middle school child, but also work but also have to deal with possible end-of-the-world Y2K madness and also yeah. have to deal with, you know, finally getting around to dealing with her past trauma from her, you know, from her daughter dying. So it's a great, it's a great uh, movie to watch with your kids. Like, it's it's a TV PG at that. It's a runtime of an hour and 33 minutes. So it's a good, sweet spot. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. I was like, I'm really hating myself for... <laughs> for waiting this long to watch it and I'm hoping to be able to watch it with uh, I'm hoping to watch it with you know with Grace and with Ruth I don't I don't think York is going to be uh, I don't know if York's going to be as into it but he may like it too I don't know yeah but I think it's going to be more geared towards girls than guys but who knows yeah that's my solid take on that one and that's all I got uh, this week we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, or Indy Five. Sure. Yeah, as well as another kids movie coming out, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken by DreamWorks Pictures. So again, the it looks the uh, visually looks great. Also, we are taking a week off. FYI, no new episode next week. Taking a week off, holiday and all that, and yep. we'll be back the week after. So we'll cover. Both of these, and then I believe Insidious 5, and uh, you and I are behind on 
the previous four. Yeah, we're just trying to get caught up. The first one. I'm going to watch the first one and see if see if it's my kind of movie. Yeah, um, I'm not 100. Yeah, I, I was reading like because apparently there's a different order like it's chronological well, release order to watch it in, or you can watch it in chronological order, which I think is the third, fourth, then first and second, then the new one. But I'm just going to watch it in release order. <laughs> um, but I haven't got back to me yet, so I don't know if she started watching them yet. Yeah. But um, yeah, our, our goal was to get caught up. So when we watch it, we'll at least know what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna check it out, and um, we hope everybody has a fun and safe Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on the safe part. And very, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Shooting fireworks. Have buckets of water ready just in case. Just to have them stand by. First aid kit too. Yep. Distance. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All righty. Well, everybody, we hope uh, you have an amazing week. I hope we gave you some good recommendations for this week. And we will be back in two weeks with some great movies to talk about. Have it safe and happy fourth. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.